Thank you. All of that. Okay. So welcome to Kingdom Conversations. <laughs> I was going to say Kingdom Encounters. I got all kinds of titles for this thing. Welcome to another wonderful Wednesday night. We are here live at Astounding Love of Global Church Fellowship at 1914 Tradesville Boulevard in San Jose, California. And we are going to listen to a conversation that the Holy Spirit wants to have with us. We're going to access and rest in some things that he wants to say. We're going to do some praying tonight for different people that are traveling or doing some other things. And I believe he's going to express his heart and let us know some things that he wants to, to talk with us about or things that he wants us to understand. Okay. And so I'm listening to him and I, I actually like talking to the Holy Spirit. I like having those conversations with him and it's fun to convey uh, the things that he wants to say as well. So let's do that. Let's, let's start that. And then we'll see, um, I think as the scripture says that I will, I'll, I'll be in this place and I'll stand upon my watch and I'll listen to see or to hear what it is that he has to say to me. I want to see what he wants to show me. I want to know what he wants me to know. And so, Father, we come before you tonight in the name of Jesus, and we bless you and praise you and thank you. Because every time you talk to us, it exposes things within our own lives, within ourselves, that can be done away with, things that are only hindrances. And then you show us the brightness of your glory and your goodness and the ways that you have in store to be able to honestly cause us to be the reality of who you made us to be, to be seen. And so I thank you tonight that we open our ears to hear, that we allow your truth to enter in. There's so many secrets that we walk around bearing. There's so many things that we believe that we have cause to be ashamed of when we don't. <laughs> because you've provided a blood that cleanses us from all shame and your word tells us that your people will not be put to shame. And so when we make that transfer from being people of the world to being people of the kingdom, then that allows all these things to fall away. But nevertheless, we walk with so much of it as companions of darkness. And I believe that tonight you will shed your light, shine your light upon these areas so that we can be, we can just have some awesome divine breakups with darkness, with things that will hinder us. That as you lead this conversation, Holy Spirit, I really do choose to rest in you. And I choose to submit and to yield to you and to trust you because that's one of the greatest gifts and honors that you have given to us. I listen for you tonight and resting you tonight and thank you tonight. You're so good. And your heart expressed toward us lets us know more and more about your goodness and your passion for us. Allows us to be made to walk in the freedom that you have already made us to be, made us to have. I ask you to do what you will. I am excited. 
to hear what you have to say. And I thank you for the protection over the apostle of the house as she travels, as she delivers the words that you have placed in her heart, your words that you will express through her. And thank you for all of the individuals in those meetings in Texas and all of those meetings all over the place where the saints are gathering together that it's not a posturing of, uh, or, or strutting around like the cockadoodle-doo animals and all that other stuff, but that instead there is a breaking and a tearing down of all of the walls that we erected ourselves against one another so that the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God flows through us. And thank you for the shedding of old beliefs and that, it, that, that because we have come to that moment where it's just high time we let go, let go of all of this other nonsense. That wherever we're positioned incorrectly against your cause, we get knocked off of our little pedestals or toilet seats or whatever you want to call them and move into the places where what we were sent here to do, we do. I pray this for the people that are under the sound of my voice. I pray this for individuals that will catch this at a different time. I pray this for myself. Oh my God. Because it's just not worth living in this life, continuing on as a pawn of darkness when we are supposed to walk in proper position knowing that it is under our feet. And that we are no longer choosing to be destroyed by the works of the devil that we walk in the anointing of Christ Jesus and in that eternal life and destroy those works that are trying to destroy not only us, but the people around us. And I thank you for that. I thank you for healings for people that don't go the old way. Don't go the old way if I know that he's healed me. I know this, I know that, but we don't act upon what we know. That we tell symptoms of sickness and disease to sit down, yes. bow down to the name of Jesus and be gone. And that we are no more capable of being sick than the Lord Jesus Christ was when he walked this earth. And we are no longer capable of being broke any more than Jesus was or is. That we are no longer capable of falling for the things of darkness than he did. And then we recognize that the reason that we don't and can't is because he is in us. And you said that we are of you and the greater one is in us and greater is he that is in us than he or it that is in the world. So thank you for that. In the name of Yeshua, Jesus, I pray. Amen. 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 Okay. So that was fun. So, when I was listening to the music that I listen to before I minister, or I try to as often as possible, and I could hear the Holy Spirit just saying to me, just rest in me, it's all right. I have some conversations that I want to have with people. And I, I think it's kind of fun in a way, because sometimes, have you ever had somebody say, I need to talk to you, and it's like, but I really don't want to talk to you. Yeah. Okay, because you just have a sense, well, whatever you want to talk to me about is probably not anything that I want to discuss, but you're just insisting that we're going to have this conversation. Well, that's not how the Holy Spirit is. He has conversations with us because he's look, he lives in us. If you are born from above, he lives in us and he is looking out for us and he wants to bring 
correction and freedom for us because he knows that if we continue in the old knuckleheaded ways, knuckleheaded is an acceptable word, right? Yes. Okay. In that context, yes. Yes, in this context, I think so. so don't be a knucklehead, okay? Don't be a knucklehead. No, seriously, you know, walking around stubborn and holding on to, even when you hate what you're holding on to, because of what's uncomfortable or unfamiliar about what it is that he wants to introduce. And God has never introduced bad news a single day in our lives. Bad news for darkness, yes. Bad news for those that thought that they were going to manipulate. Bad news for the demons that are on assignment against you, yes. But not bad news for you. Because the gospel, if that were the case, we would not be able to preach the gospel. Because gospel means good news. So I bring you good news. Okay, well, what's so good about it? Well, think about Luke chapter 4, where Jesus said, when he went, after he came back from the temptation and all the different things, and he said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And he was quoting out of the book of Isaiah. He read it, actually. And he said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has endowed me with his presence. He has called me and put me in a position I've uh, loosed my abilities, if you will, to be able to give you insights. He returned, 4.14 says that Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. And that news of him went out through all the surrounding region. Now, how is it possible that when he returned in the power of the Spirit, and that word is the dunamis, when he returned in the power, the strength, the ability, the might, the virtue, the abundance, uh, the wonders, the works of the Spirit, that the news of him was published. People saw him and started talking about him, broadcast him about. This would be when they were giving social media, um, they were giving social media, uh, what do you say, hints and, and stuff like that. They were, they were doing things that just posted, here he is, or this is what I see, or this is this, and, and so forth. All of these things were going on. And fame for him was being spread about. He wasn't even doing it. He didn't have his entourage. He wasn't, he wasn't trying to go out there and, and get his name known and create his brand. That wasn't happening. Nevertheless, because of the works, because of the calling, because of the power, the anointing of God on him, that when he went out, fame, that word fame is defined as, uh, it's, it's a pretty word, it's spemi. And it says it's a celestial or oracular utterance. It's, it's a rumor, it's a report, it's a saying. People were talking about him. Now, this is great if you know what he was being said. But we don't like to be talked about. If I say, I heard about you, somebody was talking about you, immediately suspicion, immediately sometimes annoyance, immediately curiosity, immediately a demand is made upon the one. What do you mean you've heard about me? Who's been talking? What have they been saying? <laughs> right? Am I right? Rodney, they've been talking about you. <laughs> a grapevine. See? Yeah. A lot of folks from Motown made a lot of music off that grapevine. Heard it through the grapevine. Mm-hmm. All that kind of stuff, right? So, but here he is in the days prior to Facebook, 
prior to all of these other things, when fame, saved, people started talking about him. And, it, and so off it, on it, on it went, okay? So now here we go. And it says that he taught in the synagogues. And they talked about him being glorified by all. Well, that word glorified here um, is, it's close to the word glory, doxa, which is glory. He was being honored. And they were uh, speaking about him. They were exalting the things that, or esteeming him. And they were giving him honor to think highly of him, or they were definitely forming opinions. Now, in the early days of ministry, when he's going about doing good and healing people and and doing all that, there was two. There were several crowds of people. There are the ones that are all for what he's doing. There are the ones that are totally against what he's doing, and they're the ones that are going to sit there undecided and try to figure it out. Which group are you? It really would depend on what he was doing. You know, if it's something in your area of expertise or something in your area of arena of comfort, then we're going to applaud him and go all rah rah sis boom ba and all that kind of stuff. If it's something that goes against an influence that you are living with. It's something that goes against, I'll give you a case. This is a true story, and thankfully I don't know the names of any of the guilty. But when I first started being good, <laughs> you know, my early days of Christianity, when I first started being good, um, I went to a church where they weren't really good. And thankfully I didn't make an impact, so even if any of those church people ever happened to catch this, they wouldn't know what I was talking about, because I, I, didn't, I didn't make an impact. But I went to this church where they weren't being good, and I did notice some things that I found quite annoying. Now, I had not been back in church. I was raised in church, as they say. And uh, at least my grandmother made me go up until I was 12. That's a whole other story. And I stayed out of it as much as I possibly could from the ages of about 12 and a half until every once in a while I'd kind of glide in and then slide out, you know, holidays. So anytime I came in to see grandmama, we had to go to church. Um, but less and less did I have to go because I learned to come on, leave on Sunday. You know, come on Friday night, leave on Sunday morning, early to get back to L.A. So, <laughs> um, so I stayed out of church. And I, um, when I got saved, or whatever we called it, and I started being good, the first place I went to when I came back up here, moved from L.A. to here, I went to a place where uh, they would had they had a lot of amen amening going on, a whole lot of that. So there was a whole lot of preaching and a whole lot of amens, a whole lot of preaching and a whole lot of amens. But the preaching was in a pattern, and some of it probably was very life changing. But I don't really know because I I didn't really pay any attention to it. I was being good, but I wasn't listening. I kept because I'll tell you why. Ready? Yeah. All right. I didn't want to hear what they had to say after they told me that you weren't supposed to have sex if you weren't married. Because I lived an amoral lifestyle, immoral lifestyle. I came out of LA, enough said, and moved up here. Well, in LA, you could get a man. I found in church it wasn't as easy. In the clubs, not a problem. In the church, they were all taken or they had their full whatever okay so when they said that i really didn't want to hear anything else they said because i just thought it was a conspiracy and i really wasn't interested in it because it just meant that you not only had to be good you had to be really good okay and i wasn't involved with anybody so it wasn't a problem 
in my present, but it was a future problem because it meant that I was going to have to decide whether I was going to be a good Christian or if I was going to be something different. You with me? Mm -hmm. Okay. So I didn't hear any of the preaching, but I did hear when they talked about God wants you to be prosperous. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And uh, God wants you to live a good life. Yes, he does. Praise you, Jesus. And he's telling us not to walk in sin. Yes, yes, that's right. That's right. And so that means that you don't live in a house with somebody that you're not married to as a married person. There wasn't an amen in the place. I had to think about that. No, there wasn't an amen in the place. In other words, God don't want y'all acting like shacking up and doing all this other stuff. Well, how do you know God don't want that? This is the reasoning that is going on. Why? Because you just hit an area of controversy for me. You just hit an area of something I'm doing and you are butting into my, say it, business. Y'all see, y'all know that. Everybody knows this. Y'all have got up in my business. All right, preacher, don't be meddling. You know, that's the kind of stuff that they would say. So I'm listening to this and I'm not churched. You got to hear this. I'm not churched. I, I, I really wasn't. I grew up from up to the age of 12 in a church environment. So, and I grew, I grew up in a house where Jesus was part of the family. But I did not actually pursue any of that when I went to live my little fail, failing life of independence, okay? So coming back into it, I knew the thing I did remember about church being 12 when I was the last time I really went, I mean, other than a few visits over the years. So the last thing I really knew was about being good. Now I will say that when I was around 18 or thereabouts, my mom started going to church and that's the same place we went. And so I remembered going a couple of times, but again, I just didn't want to have anything to do with these people. And then that's about as simple as I can say it because I was sincere about being lost. And you weren't going to tell me something different. And because I figured, like I said, my grandmother knew Jesus. So I figured he was part of the family and I'd be okay. Got that? Yes. So moving forward, I'm listening to this conversation and it's telling me something that I don't particularly want to hear. Not because of my present circumstances, but because he has just totally ruined my future. If I happen to meet somebody, if I happen to follow the old patterns of, you know, we talking, we're doing this, whatever the kind of expressions were when you're diddling around or toying around or trying to decide who you're gonna sex with and all the other things that is the single life that God should understand that you have needs. Life, right? And I had a decision to make. My decision was, are you going to, now that you know something that you did not want to know, what is your decision going to be based upon what you've learned? And I decided that I was going to stay, I was going to be good. That I had really had enough of being raped and all the other kind of stuff anyway. It was, it wasn't, like I said, I wasn't a very good sinner. I, was a, I wasn't a very good heathen. I wasn't like at the top of the chain or any of that, I was pretty like woefully inadequate because I had just enough Jesus influence from the early days not to go too far. And everybody else was going far. 
I was the safe place. I'm, I'm the heathen that was telling everybody else, if you're going to drink, you got to stay here tonight because I'm not going to, because I'm saying things like, because we ain't going to party tonight and then have to go to your funeral tomorrow. So y'all just going to have to stay here. So I was that person. If you've seen those TV shows where they're all living in a single environment and people are starting to come in, my house was that house. And I was that person. I wasn't any better than any of them. Okay, I, I, was, I was probably, possibly a better hypocrite than they were because I thought I was good. Because I thought I had things going on that I honestly did not. And I was just as lost as any of them. If we, if we had been in an explosion or a shootout and we all died, I think most of us probably would all ended in the same place and it wasn't going to be eternally with Jesus. But I didn't know that. So I just thought I was better. You know, raised better. Because my grandmother knew Jesus. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, I know we're not actually live and this is going to be uh, put up on, on the site. So I'm going to speak to people that when you get this and you hear this, don't rely on somebody else's salvation as your, as your ticket in. Because, honey, that's, that's arrogantly stupid. That's truly being a knucklehead. Because you're not going to get in on that. But I heard that there was a scripture that if you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, that uh, you and your household will be saved. It's like, well, what he's telling you is that your opportunity for salvation is there and that he is telling your relative, you keep trusting me with them so we can re uh, uh, get the truth into their head and get the knuckles out. Got it? But it is not an automatic salvation. You did not get stamped, uh, set apart because you JoJo's uh, kid, okay? Or Miss, Miss Ellen's grandchild. It doesn't work that way. The Bible says very clearly that each of us must make that decision, that each of us, God is calling us individually. And so don't try to circumnavigate and don't try to pretend or think that your grandmama, your mama, your, your cousin, your sister, your, your daddy, whoever uh, has paved the way. No, they didn't. Jesus paved the way. So you have to go through him. And we read that even in the book of John, where John chapter 10, I believe it is, where he says, I'm the door. So you're not going in through grandmama. You're not going in through the Baptist church, the Pentecostal church, the word of faith church, the no name church. The, the established church, the childhood church, you're not getting in that way, okay? So that is that public safety message, right? and we'll keep going. Mm -hmm. right. So what happened is that I, I made that decision and I continued on. And so that's the same type of thing. I heard about him, and so hearing about Jesus, because that's one thing that they did in some, some of these churches, they talked about him. He was the main topic of conversation. Even if people were incorrect in what they said, he's the main show. He's the draw. And the Holy Spirit is the one that does the drawing. And the Father is the one who pours out his heart to say these are all these things. So this is a Father-Son-Spirit connection. And so the same way, this is what Luke 4, I think 4.15 or 4.14 is saying, that the news of him went out through all the region. The news about Jesus Christ goes out. It's going out on the waves on, on social media. It goes out all these different places, but it goes out to give you an opportunity to hear what is true and the reality of who he is. But in order to know for yourself, you're going to have to come and see. And so when he's in the synagogue, he's teaching and all that are listening are glorifying him. But there is this little group that's sitting there going, now we're not so okay with this because of what he had to say about extramarital or premarital sex. We're not okay with him because of what he said about 
my drinking as opposed to my tippling, I guess, or whatever. We're not okay with him because of what he said about how I have to forgive people. I'm not really feeling him right now that he would extend forgiveness to those heathens that I can't stand. And all of these things are, do you, uh, right? I mean, and this goes on in every single church on the planet, including ours. Because I've seen your sweet little faces and I see the little moment and, you know, and if not that, you can feel the torpedoes. It's like certain things you say, you would think it was water sprinklers at the ready. I just use water sprinklers. And you say something because anybody ever see the water sprinklers when the water's off, their sprinklers are down. Yeah. Except for that one that you trip over every time because <laughs> you forget it's there and it's up just enough for you to, to, to step on or do something. At least I have one of those. Okay. But, um. But when you say something that's going to bring the fire of God into their lives, sprinklers at the ready, those suckers <laughs> pop up because the water's about to come on and we're going to what? Try to water down the message. You need to not be so rough on us. It's like, what? You need to be sweet to us. You need to minister to us because we're hurting people. <laughs> Hurting people as in people going out to hurt somebody? Is that what you mean? I'm a hurting kind of soul. I go out and hurt you in a I hurt you in a minute. Is that what you mean? No, I mean we're people that are in pain. Don't you see it? Can't you feel it? I do feel pain when I see you. Yes. And you can take that many different ways. Do you mean to say that you find us a pain? No. But I can see your pain. And I can feel your pain. Okay. I can. And I came, I come as a, a, as a, as one that is supposed to be releasing the remedy for the pain. But sometimes you have to touch it. Some of you know this about me. Um, there are some things that I'm, I can take it. I can take it. I can take it. I can take it. And there are certain areas in my life where I'm just the biggest wimp you ever saw in your life splinter in my hand finger actually no medicine i can take unless it, yeah certain things be quiet christina okay but there was a day just to show you how cool i am as a pastor and y'all know that the apostle is my bio as i said my biological mother she actually birthed me several times okay into the earth into the kingdom and so forth and she knows me and she has known me since I was born. And I was a, we were screaming children. Understand what that means if you ever have kids in the house when something goes on and these are the children. Ah! We sound like fire hydrants. My niece back there who's turning 17 tomorrow is such a child. And uh, we, when, when something was going on and there was pain, oh, we took it to the highest. And the adults were able to bypass all of that and just stay focused. So one day here in this house, I ended up with a splinter. And so it's got to come out because it's starting to puff up and it's doing all this stuff. And so I went into, I don't say the apostle's office. I don't say it was Dr. Baker's office. I went into my mom's chamber and showed her I had an owie. And mommy was going to take care of my owie. 
She got the needle. My mother is hilarious. I think it's funny when I think about our scenario. And there were several people in there that had never, ever seen this side to me. And I think that I probably lost ground <laughs> that they saw what I could be like. It's like, well, I respect her, but she's a little different from what I thought. She's not quite as powerful as I thought she was. No, not at all. She took that, she said, she, what mother does is does it with the authority that you've got to do. And remember, she was a nurse before she was a doctor. So she goes into nurse mode. Nurse mode, give me the finger, here's this, put this on, let's do it. I would like to say I just took it. But I would be lying to you. I'd like to tell you that I had a brave face. And I just went, oh, thank you, Jesus. But that's not what happened. What happened, and I was definitely over 21. 31 too, and that's as far as I'm going with it. <laughs> I went back in time. Went back in time. Went all the way back in time to about the age of four or five. And the high-pitched scream brought people, <laughs> brought people from the other parts of the church to go see what's going on. Because in an adult voice, no, I went back to childhood. Ah! And it just went on and on. And here she is just digging. She's not saying anything to me. She's not paying any attention to me. Ah! I mean, I went in different decibels. And think she's paying no attention to me. Oh, 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 that hurts, that hurts, that hurts. Not paying any attention to me. <laughs> but there were people that were absolutely dumbfounded. I didn't see any of them until it was over. After it was over, it's like, thank you, mommy. I'm finished. But I'm looking up and people were like, well. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. <laughs> Are you kidding? Are you kidding? No, I'm not kidding. You hit my spot. Okay, and I have no maturity for it to this day, probably. Now I can take a, uh, uh, I can take certain kinds of things, but I've had the doctor actually poke a stick in my eye, and I just looked at him, and he said, "How does it feel?" I said, "It feels like I got stuck in the eye." Oh yeah, I did. That's why I feel that, right? I've gone through things when I've had eye surgery, and you're seeing them coming after you, and when they were trying to put the eye drops in. I was before again. No, no, no. They're trying to get the eye. No. <laughs> okay. Why? I don't know. But there are certain things that are just your weaknesses. Do you understand? And it's like, do you not have faith in God? Not in this area. No. I have no faith in anybody. I have nothing. I've got no defense. I feel absolutely helpless. And I'm totally freaking out. Is there a scriptural point to this? Yeah. These are what you call non-redeemed areas. These are areas where you can use Jesus. You need Jesus, okay? You do. And I, so I, how do I use my faith? So that I never have another splinter. <laughs> so that I don't even have to go through it again. But he's suppo we're supposed to understand that he's with us. Why I told that story, somebody needed to hear it. So even those of us that can appear to yes. be so sophisticated, We've got to understand, don't try to be phony about the things that you're going through, okay? Just acknowledge it. I don't lose any of my anointing by telling you these things about myself. 
uh, prayerfully you'll never have to experience it. But if you did, at least you know that I told you about it first. So, you know, there it is. So he taught in the synagogues and he was glorified by all. You could talk about me. Oh, have you ever seen her when there's a splinter? Yeah, have you ever seen her when this is going on? And what you would find is there's no glory, but there's a story. And people are looking for that particular story, that weakness in you, when they don't want to believe what God is saying through you. Don't let it phase you. Don't let it phase you. Somebody saw you in a moment of weakness. I've heard people say they saw me in a moment of weakness and that they had contempt in their heart for me and they this and that and the other. That's fine. You know, you saw me in humanity and they go, well, I saw her in her weakness. And I'm thinking to myself, which one? Which one? Since I'm very, very fallible in my flesh. Put the, put the, uh, can you put the one slide up? Everything I just talked about was in my flesh, which is why we live spirit to spirit. Catching this? I described what I'm like in the flesh. You're not glorified by all because you come in the flesh. When Yeshua Jesus came out of the wilderness filled with in the power of the spirit, he came as spirit. He was in a human body. He looked like a human. He did all he had all of the natural things going on with his body that a human has. But when he came in the power of the spirit, he lived from a different place. Get that in mind. So I've told you about what it's like to be human. And all of our stuff now we're going to start talking about what it's like to live from your spirit. Okay? How's that for a nice introduction? I'm as surprised as you are. Okay. <laughs> so he taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. Now that word taught is very interesting because that word is didasco. And it means that he spoke in a public assembly. But it also means that he directed and he admonished. When he taught, he held a discourse or conversation with others in order to instruct them. So when he taught, he's coming from, and, and I love this part, he says he discharged the office of a teacher and he conducted himself as one that had the authority from heaven to impart instruction. And they had never seen that before. They've heard the laws being given. They've heard all of the other things that take place through the, not even the ministry, but the religious leaders. They've heard the do's and the don'ts. But Yeshua didn't come with that. He came to open the scriptures. He's opening this word up and he's saying to them, this is what it means. This, even though this is not the Sermon on the Mount, this is in the spirit of who, where do you go and uh, how do you live? And you've heard that it was said, but this is what the father is saying. He began, the Bible tells you in other places, that he immediately began to preach the kingdom. He started to tell them about the kingdom. And this is what his message was. And he could only tell them about the kingdom of God as a spirit of the kingdom. So there's a lot of us that go around talking about the kingdom, but we're not speaking by the spirit. We're speaking by our human understanding and our actualization of what we think the kingdom should be. And that's not accurate. You get it? No more accurate than 
uh, you know, what I said about if somebody, whatever, about fingers and splinters and, and not being able to, to, to sin willfully, you know, because God's got a thing about that and all these other kinds of things that my flesh, being good was an act of my flesh. I'm going to come to church and be good. I'm going to act right. I'm going to say the right things. I'm going to talk the right talk. That's not a spirit thing. That's a will thing. That's a flesh and blood thing. And that, it, 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 it only goes so far until you get tired of it. And what do we do? We blow it majorly. It's like being on a super restrictive diet that uh, you got to eat only lettuce or something. And finally, you're going to have a blowout. <laughs> They're going to take you to, to the all-you-can-eat buffet, and it's on, buddy. It's on. It's on. You're going to just, here's the salad bar. Don't even take me to the salad bar. I'll take you down. I'm going to the meat. I'm going to the bread. I'm going to the pasta. I'm going to the, to the dessert. I'm going to the dessert table. I'm going berserk today. Why? Because I have tried to be good. I have tried to be good. I have tried to be good. I'm filled with being good. I'm over that. Today, I'm just going to be. Wicked, evil, crazy, depraved, whatever you want to call it, you're going to be. Because your flesh can only go so far. It's not meant. Your flesh is not meant to independently be obedient to the word of God. Am I making sense? Your spirit is. And then our spirits, as we hear from his spirit by his word, we instruct and we take leadership and authority over the rest. Do you have a question? Oh, did I? Oh, okay, cool. Wow, like that. Okay. All right. So here, Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. In the NIV version, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Now, that's a very simple instruction. I've heard so many people pray it. And they pray it depressed. Have you ever listened to somebody trying to be serious about the word of God and they're about the most depressed individual you ever heard in your life? There is no joy in talking about, well, you know, we have to obey what the Lord says because this is what the Bible says and as Christians, this is how we're supposed to conduct ourselves at all times. For, you know, we walk with the Lord and we are in the power of his might and we enjoy the very fruits of righteousness as we live for the kingdom of God and walk in his ways. What? Would you like to be a Christian too? No. <laughs> no. Thank you, Jesus. Free me. <laughs> right? Do y'all drink? No. You cuss? We try not to. And listening to a Christian try not to cuss is quite interesting. You little graham cracker. Pumpernickel. <laughs> kind of person you know it's like okay I get it um well what do you do and what did we used to say will we go to church we go out to eat and we go back to church we read our Bible sometimes or we go to Bible study and after Bible study we go out to eat and then you know we go home and then we go choir rehearsal and at the choir rehearsal we go out to eat and then we go home Saturdays we come to clean the church and after we clean the church we go out to eat. Oh you know. Yeah, we go out to eat. 
and then we go home, gotta eat, right? Then on Sundays we go to church. For sure we go to eat, she said. <laughs> then we come back to church. And then we go out for a snack. We even have popcorn. <laughs> and then one day we hear a creaking of the, the pew, the bench. Because all of us spend all this time coming to church and going out to eat. And he never went out to exercise. <laughs> and the bench breaks. At least he did for us that day, one Sunday. We sit, um, we sit on that bench and the preacher's preaching. There's a lot of hefty people on that bench. And all of a sudden you heard that big crack in the sanctuary thinking it was the rapture. No, it was the bench. And you saw this whole row of people, this whole row of people who were sitting up like this went. Of which I was one. I think you were in the choir stand, weren't you? I mean, it was the loudest crack you ever heard. It, this, this, this wood broke. And our pastor kept on preaching. You saw more tears were falling in that church that day from people trying not to laugh. And then we had tears falling down. And of course, after church, while we laughing, what we do? We're not to eat. <laughs> Okay. okay, that's all flesh. There ain't no spirit attached to that. Why am I telling you people these stories? I don't even understand. <laughs> I have not remembered these stories. It's not legalistic. It's really not. But this was what life was like in the flesh in the church. So that's what I'm really trying to hit on is it's, it's so many things. It's not talking to this person because, you know, we had the jerry curled or curly haired people and the straight haired people and sometimes they didn't talk to each other we had the this and the that we had the this and the that we got all these things everything but jesus we got jesus at least we talk about jesus but we did not let him talk through us we let the devil do this and this has been over the years even in our so-called uh even in apostolic led churches this has been a bane, a, 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 you could call it a stain yeah. upon us. I'm not telling these stories to find fault with people. I'm just letting us know those days are done. Mm -hmm. They're really done. Uh, it, it's, it's not all this, you know, I know people that, there's just so many things you see. And I believe that the Spirit of the Lord is saying, okay, in times past, those were the things you did, mm -hmm. but now is not the time. Okay, now I want, I want to speak. I want you to hear my heart. I want you to, um, let me look this up real quick. I want you to think differently about your life. I want you to think differently about what I have in mind. I want you to start looking at, uh, what I'm saying, Hebrews 1, it says that God at various times and in various ways spoke in times past, in time past to the fathers by the prophets. And he has in these last days spoken to us by the Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, 
when he had by himself, meaning Yeshua, purged our sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Now Hebrews 1, 1, through, 1 2, and 3 is basically giving us a picture of what we're seeing in Luke chapter 4. What we're seeing when we look at what was written in the Proverbs, that we're not to lean to our own understanding. Why? Because of the words that have been given to us. Because in times past, he spoke through the prophets. He spoke through them. He said, this is what the Lord is saying. This is what the Lord is saying. But in, in, in those various times and ways. But now, he in these what we are in, and the Bible is telling you, even in the book of Hebrews, way back when it was written, that we are in the last days. And so in these days, and we're in the, some say we're in the last of the last days. So we've come from the time that this book was written to where we are today. So we're not in former days. We're not in, um, we're not in times past. We are in the last days. That's the era that we are set in. And he's saying he's appointed his son heir uh, through whom also he made the worlds and that this glory and this express image of his person who upholds all things by the word of his power has purged our sins. There that is. He has purged our sins. Well, what does that mean? What does that mean? Um, he has cleansed us. Um, it talks really, this word sounds like a catharsis. sounds to me like a, a catharsis or a, um, uh, even a colonic. That he has done something where he's purged, he's plunged, he has done this purifying, um, he has re re washed us off, he has uh, taken us to a place where guilt of sin is wiped out. And so how is it possible for us to continue to fight and to murmur? It has to be. Because we're living in disobedience and a lack of gratitude to what the son has done. And we insist, some people insist on continuing to live according to the flesh. Maybe not everywhere, you know, not everywhere. But, but what we do is we, we blow it. Let me find this one. I'm, okay. I get to write these things down when I'm looking for them so I don't have to. Okay. If you have questions, you can send them or, uh, you know, do things like that. Okay. So here in John 8, 15, just, just look at this one expression, according to the flesh. In John 8, verse 15, Jesus said, you judge according to the flesh. I judge no one. Anybody recognize that? I mean, you don't even have to break this down in Greek, the Greek down. I judge according to the flesh. You know what that means. It's a natural response to people and the things they do. You give, you, you give no quarter. You give no room for mistake. You hold them to a standard that is your own, not God's. Therefore, being a prophet in Acts 2.30... And knowing that God had sworn with an oath of him that of the fruit of his body, according to the flesh, he would raise up the Christ to sit on his, his throne. Now, what is he saying there? Now, see there, according to the flesh, has a different thing. He's saying that he was the fruit of, that, of his body according to flesh. But then, see, according to spirit, 
according to spirit, he's somebody different. If you use those words according to, and you wrote according to flesh, according to soul, according to spirit. Remember last week we talked a bit about you are not emotions. Mm -hmm. You are not according to flesh. This is what we're, we're looking at here. You are not, uh, you're not one that walks, Romans 8 one, one that walks in condemnation because you walk according to the flesh. You are subject to condemnation every time you walk according to flesh. Every time we walk according to flesh, we deal with the judgments of the world. This is where you get super sensitive because they're talking about you, because I heard things about you, because people lie on you, because people have their own opinions about you. They see you do something and they, they, they choose to believe the worst about you because they're operating from flesh. Flesh does not, it, it, for crying out loud, the stuff decays. You die, you're a dining place for all of the critters, okay? Flies and beetles and, and whatever, you, maggots grow out of you. I mean, you're just icky. But, I mean, they think you're a feast. That's the flesh. They don't feed off of your spirit like that. All that is is a decayed house. But you're still alive. You're still something more. So why are you living according to the part that's going to be... Putrefied. Why, why do we live according to, you know, I like that. Ooh, that looked good to me, honey. You know, all that stuff. How, how many people do you say that about their spirit? Oh, this fine man came in here, honey. He was just a, oh, he had, and he was, oh, mm, oh, yes, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. He moved me. He moved my spirit. Did you see his spirit? No. I was too busy looking at the fineness of his form and his fashion. Did you see the wedding ring on his finger? Oh, Jesus. No, he hid his hand. Well, then we got a real good glimpse of his spirit, don't we? According to the flesh. And you, all you beautiful women, same kind of thing. Some guy comes and says, you know, I don't want no old raggedy, broken down kind of woman. I'm looking for these some fine women up in here. Now I say, I, I could do something with this. this. Which one is mine, Lord? Because I'm just ready. No, I think not. I think you'll be rejected according to the flesh. Because you're nasty. Am I right? The women I know. <laughs> the women I know. So, oh, he smells so good. Mm. Yeah. Well, she does. Ooh, mm, so beautiful. They just smell. I love when they come in. That perfume, that aftershave, or that cologne. Oh, just so beautiful. I just it is. It's got the it's got the pheromones in it. It's got the the right stuff. Right, right. Did you smell them in the spirit? No. 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 I was carried away by the heavy oils and the. And, and, and the, the beautiful scent of vanilla or sandalwood or whatever it is, your flowers, whatever it is that you like, right? You're using the right idea, but from the wrong place. From the wrong place. You see what I mean? It's from the spirit. Because he says the flesh doesn't profit you. It's not, it's not the thing that's going to move you ahead. Okay, Romans 8.1. Uh, how do I look according to the, the flesh? And we immediately again go to how our eyes, our hair, our bodies, and so forth. No. How do I look in, in heaven according to the flesh? Am I living 
heaven says you're heavy with flesh not talking about being overweight necessarily but with the weight being weighed down by the thinking that you do and all the striving that you do on the wrong level of life yeah. i'm talking about living from the spirit but i'm talking about all the things that are not that well you know i know this and i know this and i know this it's like but do you show it see because there comes a you know it intellectually you know it because you study and then one day you know it because it's changed you and then others know it too that's where we live from spirit again looking at luke 4 what was it about yeshua it had to be that he was filled with and in the it said in the power of so in the in the company of if you will the spirit i'll look at that one more time he returned in the power it says of the spirit so here's that that's the dunamis but it's also the companionship it's it's it means that he was in a place he was in a a a frame of being that could not be must it, it it seemed extraordinary it seemed so so different it had a different smell to it a different look to it the way he conducted himself power had to be flowing out of him something was emanating from him something more to him and i want to say to you that you and i have the same we have the same access. You want to go further? Yes. So he said in Luke 4, 17, it said that he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the acceptable year of the lord so here's the question how's he going to do that if i tell you you are assigned the spirit of the lord is upon you and god has anointed you to preach the gospel to the poor oh i'm called to preach great god has sent you to heal the brokenhearted oh i got a healing ministry God has sent you to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. So that means I've got a deliverance and miracle work ministry, right? And to set at liberty uh, those who are oppressed. So there's my deliverance. I've got a deliverance ministry. I've got a miracle working ministry. I've got a healing ministry. I've got a preaching ministry. i got all these things going, right? Well, aren't those in the, they're in the earth, right? Okay. But what he said at the top, and then he said this, and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. So I'm an evangelist. I'm, I'm, I'm a proclaimer. I'm a this, I'm a this, I'm a this, I'm a this, I'm a this. He named it pretty, he, that's the fivefold ministry. He named it all. God has called me to do all these things. And then he closed the book and gave to the attendant. And then he sat down and the eye of all who were, uh, eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. Because they're like, well, what are you going to say? Because now he's preached this and now he's sitting down, which is, I'm going to teach this. I'm going to release this to you. I'm going to tell you about the kingdom. And the first thing he began to say is this day, these things are fulfilled in your eyes and your ears and your, in your hearing today. The scripture is fulfilled. Now 
several interesting things about that. One of the things is that when he said that, what he let them know is that the whole point of scripture is to be fulfilled. He was saying to them, this, this thing written, which is what scripture is, it's the written word of God, that these things that are written were not written to you to simply be words on parchment or on paper, but the words of God have been released into the atmosphere to come to pass. Now here's the word himself. John 1 tells you that in the beginning was the word. He is the word of God. The living word of God, the scroll himself is there in their presence, housed in flesh. But he, because he told us later, my words are spirit and they are life. And he says, therefore, I am a carrier of life. I am spirit and I'm a carrier of life. I am the written or the, I am the embodiment of the written word. This day, this scripture is fulfilled. I have just stepped into my anointing. I have just stepped into my calling. I have just stepped into my ministry. And from this point forward, everything that God said, you will see fulfilled. Everything he wrote about me, you will see it to be fulfilled because I am walking at, I'm not going to be able to complete this thing. I'm not going to be able to go to Calvary if I don't walk in the spirit. Cause flesh and blood is going to act like I did with a splinter in my finger, a splinter in my finger, a nail, a peg in my wrist to hang me on a cross. Oh no, there will be conniption fits like you have never seen in your life. Flesh is not going to be able to do it. Not even Jesus's. Not even Jesus's. He had to be in spirit. He had to be coming from spirit in order to be able to be crucified. Because you in your natural mind say, y'all done lost your freaking minds. I don't care what you do. I ain't liked you that much anyway, but I'm definitely not going to die for you. That's what flesh says. Unredeemed flesh or unsubmitted flesh. And so forth, but his flesh was submitted to his spirit. The whole objective of what we do is to teach our flesh to be submitted to the spirit of God yeah. that flows from us by the word. You can't do it naturally. You can't, you can't be good. You can be good, but you're not gonna last. And when you, when you let go, it's gonna be a mess. It will be a mess, why? Because of all that pent-up resentment of all the stuff that you didn't get to do. Okay? All the donuts I didn't get to eat. All the drinking I didn't get to do. All the, you know what? The naughtiness that I have had. I've been, I've been sitting up here in this, in this church like a, been sitting like a, like a, like an animal in a cage. <laughs> and, and you know what? I done had it. I got my own key. I got a hand. I reach through there. I'll unlock this door. I'm coming out of this. Y'all are not going to keep me in this religious mess. That's what happens. Because you live by your feelings, by your emotions, by your, I know these people do not appreciate me. And one day I'm going to let them know how I feel about that. Okay. This is the stuff that it's time you're saying, 
he's saying, uh, I'm proclaiming the acceptable year of the Lord. Since the spirit of the Lord is upon him, and the spirit of the Lord, that same spirit that is upon him is within us. The same spirit that has that anointed him, he is the anointing. So the, the anointing, the power to do this is here. The reasons that we haven't is because we haven't wanted to. Because we feel he's asking for too much. He just wants everything. Well, so do you. I don't want everything. I just want my share. All of it, right? Yeah, I want all of my share. Well, that's everything to you. All right, let's go on. Any questions so far? Now we're going to tie Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 in those. Because this is where, this is, this is, this is scripture. I don't know how many of us understand this scripture in Proverbs is an obedience scripture. It's a direction to obedience. Now, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Equate that to trust your mom or your dad to take a splinter out of your finger. Trust the doctor, trust the banker, trust the government, trust the lawyer, trust this one, trust that one. Uh, with all your heart, put all of your trust, put all of your, your beliefs in it. Have we ever done that? Yeah, but typically we've put our trust in everything but God. Even when you know it's untrustworthy, trust it yourself. When you know darn well, you know dang skippy well what you're really like. But you'll trust your beliefs and your opinions over something that God says. You'll trust your experience. Okay. I trust what the doctor said, I'll trust this, why? Typically because the doctor over time took the place of God as being the healer. The doctor, and uh, we got him in the, okay, y'all already understand, we're not knocking anything. What we're talking about is how you start seeing what you've got to take authority over and stop putting your trust in. I didn't say uh, that they don't have wisdom any more than I'm saying a banker doesn't have wisdom or a teacher or whoever. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about what you have made your source for truth. What you, who, what is your source for healing? What is your source? Who or what is your source for, I think I wrote that down and we talked about it a few weeks back. Yeah. What is your source for truth or who is your source for truth? Um, who or what have you chosen to believe? And you may have, uh, what do you call it, a, um, a changing, a change up. I, I trust God over here, but not over here. I trust here. Here I have a, I got like a variety, a smorgasbord of things. Well, I trust God completely with this. And I kind of trust him over here. But I trust my doctor more here. And I trust what the economy is telling me here. I trust this health thing here more so. Um, I know the Bible says these things, but it's not proven to me. So I'm going to trust what I see because I think that you have to have common sense. I don't even know what common sense is. Because everything I've ever seen that somebody says is common sense is kind of stupid. It's not common. Okay. It's common to man, but it's not common to God. Are you with me? Mm -hmm. Who is your source for truth, for wisdom, for knowledge, for understanding, because as it varies, you, you flicker in and out, flitter, flutter, whatever, you know, you, you're strong in this. And, and people think, oh yeah, we can believe, we can trust you. 
we can do all that kind of stuff. But then over here, you falter. This is why I'm using myself as that example with the splinter. Because I, I preached a great message. I taught this all so well. Obviously, she was the anointing of God. It was so good. And then you see somebody just trying to take this little sliver of wood out of her. And she acts like they have just tore, uh, put her body in things. And they got horses going in four directions. She's about to be torn up. Because the sources. Because in that, there's no trust in God. In that, there was no moving from the spirit to say, ah, I'm going to. And in those days, I didn't know how to do this. Okay. I'm learning this now. So in those days, no, all I knew how to do is you, 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 you put on the face of a Christian or the face of a preacher or the, the demeanor, or, you know, in, when you function in it, you in it. And so it's not being phony. That's what you are in the moment. But when the moment is over, then you can go on over here and take this off and become this instead. And, you know, and then in the moment over here, it's like wearing a lot of stuff that's not really you. And so, you know, when you're in front of everybody, you look all tight and right, and then you come home and you blubbered out. <laughs> right? Because, oh, I, I, if I don't have to be bound in it, I'm going to be loose. And when you loose, everything looses. But you're still you. It's just a different you. And some people, you so much of the other, they would not recognize you if they really saw you. Okay? Because, wow. Woo! Hey! How you doing? Is it you? I gotta hear the voice. Let me just close my eyes. Talk to me for a minute, okay? Because you are so the unrecognizable you, all right? So don't 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 work that hard. Trust me on that. Just be you, okay? A better version of you, yes, but but not a phony, okay? So now, because we think wrongly that we have to project an image on the outside. We have lived very plastic lives mm -hmm. that we are tired and we cannot hold on to this too much longer. I'm telling you tonight, let it go. You're going to live from the spirit and whatever phony it was. All right, great. Goodbye. That's all you got to say. Because the spirit of the Lord wants to preach the gospel to the poor through you. Because he wants to, to heal the brokenhearted through you. He wants to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind through you. He wants to set at liberty those who are oppressed through you. And he wants to proclaim this acceptable year of the Lord through you. And he wants to do it first in you. Yes. Before he does it through you. And tonight he just did. Amen. Any questions so far? We're almost done. Anybody feeling? Feeling? Nothing more than feeling. I'm feeling, I'm feeling. Anybody quite aware of your feelings right about now? Yeah, because we're challenging them with truth and reality. So trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. It means you're going to let go of everything you know that God did not tell you. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll make your path straight. Wow. Is that Matthew 6.33 or not? Seek first the kingdom. Come talk to me. Why is it so hard to talk to God? Ask yourself that. Why, why do I have so much trouble with that? Why is it? You gave me these instructions on how to make the right decision every time. And it's by coming and talking to you. By trusting you. That, they, that I was told this. So I'm going to come talk to you about it. 
I was, they, they, I, they said this, now I'm gonna come talk to you about it. I hate him, now I'm gonna come talk to you about it. They ate my spaghetti. I'm gonna come talk to you about it. I'm on this ridiculous program to do this and so, I gotta come talk to you about it. I'm hurting like crazy, I'm gonna come talk to you about it. Because I can make decisions, I'm panicking. Oh, I gotta go talk to you about this. I'm totally freaking out because of the electricity, because of an automobile accident, because my money is not here right, because they're telling me they're gonna throw the, turn this off or put us out, or this is going on with my children. This is happening in the world. This is going on and I'm panicked. I'm running out of money. I'm running out of time. I'm running out of health. I'm running out of this. I'm running, I'm running out. Well, really you're not, but you believe that you are. And so you react, flesh, you react, flesh. You don't respond, spirit, because there are words for you to speak. There are things for you to say that change it. When this whole thing last year came about and the campaign for fear began, okay? Because I've got to get you fearful before I can get you to do what I want you to do. So when the propaganda of fear came up on the agenda and I've got to promote this, I've got to promote this, I've got to keep saturating you in this, I've got to speak certain words to you and get you, because you've noticed that if you hang out with somebody long enough, you start to talk like them, except for when you don't. No, I'm not going to talk like you. You're going to talk like me. And I'm going to talk like him. Yes. So they'll bring things to you. And you're supposed to do what? Accept it and not question it. You done lost your mind. Mm -hmm. God says, ask me. So I'm going to ask God, but I'm not going to ask man. I've been told this, so I will accept it. No, I won't. Because I've got to find it. I've got to find where in this word. Now hear me, because we're in the clothes, y'all. We're going down the road now. Where in this word, if you live spirit to spirit, this is the question. Where in this word does it tell you to accept fear? Then why do you? Then why do you? That's not a rebuke. Do you hear what I'm saying? This is not a rebuke. Why do you is the question. You go to God and say, why do I? Why do I? Where in this word does it say to accept sickness? Accept it as your lot in life. Where does it say that? And I'm talking about after Jesus has gone to the cross and said it is finished. Where in this word does it tell you that you have to accept an evil report? So then now you're asking, now you, I'm telling, I'm serious. I pray you're catching what I'm saying. You are, cause y'all smart. You go look in the mirror and go, well, so then why are you? Where in the word does it tell you to accept that you're ugly? Because so you don't fit society standards. Where in the word does it tell you that you set a standard for everybody else? So why do you? You can hear the so why do you? Because uh, like you're going to look in the word of God. I'm why telling you, you, this is the mirror through which we look. 
Why are we living on this level that he didn't tell us to when he said, don't lean to how you naturally understand? The spirit is on the, the, the living God resides within you if you are born from above and you've got a much better conversation waiting to happen. And all it takes is you going back to him, us going to him. He said, trust me. Well, I, how do I know that I can trust you? Why don't you ask him? Seriously. I don't know. You know, Jesus said to have the faith of God and so forth and so on, but I'm not. Well, yeah, um, that's like saying have a cookie. Have faith of God. Have a cookie. If you, if somebody extends a cookie to you or a tray or a platter, whatever it is they put them on to you and says, have a cookie. If you reach out and take it, do you have it or do you not? Yes. You've accepted something. Jesus is offering the faith of God is available to you if you will have it. And then because it's his, it comes with instructions. He comes with it. So you go, okay, I got your faith. Now, how do I use this? How do I, you know, how do I use it? Because, you know, everything nowadays, they, they very seldom put the instructions in the container with what you, they say, go to www.such and such, and we'll tell you all about this new gadget that you bought. Well, go to the Holy Spirit and say, all right, I've just received the faith of God. I've received the faith of God. I've received the faith of God. Now, what I just did, I did not do according to the flesh. I, I, how do I know? Because it's like a download. I can't even see the thing. I just said, yep, I, I put it in my shopping cart. I said, I'll take it. They said, what's your card number? You give them your card number. Or, or if it's a freebie, you say, yep, this is who I am. This is my email address. And then you said, it says what? Submit. Submit. And you submit and you get this thing. Thank you for your purchase. It's available for download now. So you say, okay, I've just received the faith of God. It's a downloadable thing. It's, it's a transferable thing. It's not something I can see naturally, but I can press a button and say, put it in my system. And then I press play. I go to him or open or whatever it is. I press open and it says, oh, okay, here's all this information. What is it really? It's relationship. It's like, come talk to me. I'll show, I'll show you how to, how do I use your faith for finances? Anybody asking that? No, I need to get faith for finances. I got to get faith. I got to believe. I got to believe. I got to believe. I got to believe. And it's tiring <laughs> because you're trying to believe naturally a spirit thing. Right? Got to get a job, 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 got to get it. What is that? What is that? Worry, fear, fretting. It's not faith. Well, sister, it's easy for you. Oh, shut up. Okay? Stop that. It's easy for you if you would allow it to be. But you want to use an excuse because flesh wants to stay in charge. I've been in charge of you your whole life. I've been telling you what to do. I've been telling you how to feel. I've been telling you this. I've been telling you that. And I want to stay in charge. And today, if you choose that spirit-to-spirit -spirit conversation with the Holy Spirit, you told your flesh, 
There's a new sheriff in town. We're going to learn how to walk this out. Okay? So today what we've done is we've kind of broken it down a little bit more. And what I've, prayerfully what has happened is we've all seen problem areas. We've seen areas where it's like, okay, we're going to get this fine-tuned. What you did not receive is condemnation because there wasn't any given. You did see areas where it's possible to have correction. And what this means is that you've about opened up for a really great adventure in God. You really want this. Then you're going to let him do this thing in you. Because we've all got a lot of little cobwebs and, and things that, that uh, you know, you think you, you use your cleaning products. You know I'm going to go forensics on you. You've used all your cleaning products and you think you've done a pretty darn good job because to the natural eye, nobody sees anything. But then the spirit team comes in, the forensics team, with, with the bright light, with the light that is brighter than any other, with the ability and to know what to look for and to look for the proteins, to look for the things, to look for the evidence of what you have tried to cover up with your flesh. You say, no, we're going to strip that away and we're going to expose it. We're going to look at, at what it's telling us so that we can tell you what really is happening here. So that you have the opportunity, because it's not a crime scene for you, but a scene where the Spirit of the Lord, the Word of God, starts investigating, starts to uh, not investigate you, to condemn you, but to reveal to you the areas where you can start to be filled with His Word and to start living in the power of His Spirit. All right? Any questions? I think that's it for tonight. Sure there's no questions? Because y'all sit up there looking so adorable. Yes, sir. Go ahead and on the mic, too, please. Right. And let's take that. I like that. Let's take that a little further. Anybody ever buy an upgrade to something? Yeah. Okay. So what does it tell you that it has to do? It has to remove the old programming. You already have a pre-existing version of this software. We need to take that out to give you the upgrade right to to do that we need to replace so what is he saying just what he said you already have a vocabulary you already have a concept of what it is to live kingdom or to live this life but pretty much most of us when you came into the kingdom of god or you came into being born again or this life you came in on the behavior modification plan or you came in under the, um, okay, I'm under grace, 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 and I can still live like a dog, 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 or, you know, whatever kind of thing it is. And you, so you came in with a misunderstanding. There's no way you got it all. You got it all, but you didn't get it all. Because we came in still with hurts. Some people 
got healed miraculously and they got saved behind that. So that they know him as healer in that area, but they don't know him as everything that he is. Some people come in uh, because they preached a real good message and everybody else was going, so you came in on the group plan. There's so many different ways. But really it was the truth and it was the spirit of the Lord that drew us. And he's the only one that can keep us. We come in with preconceived ideas. You come in uh, going through a divorce. You come in having issues with your children or your the parents. You come in uh, with a poverty mentality. You come in, you come in really broken, broken down and kind of junky. All right. <laughs> Even if we're glossy and and flossy and and you know wealthy and so forth, because that that's all of that from up, up to that point has been based upon our humanity, not based upon the spirit. Okay, the rich man is no better than the poor man. That's the way people like to look at it. And it's like, yeah, I get all that. But the equalizer is always the blood of Jesus. And what you've got to understand is the rich man and the poor man, when they come into the one new man, all things are his. And therefore all things are ours. We grew up living selfishly. We've grown up living self-absorbed, even if you grew up in a household or uh, an orphanage or something where you were told to do certain, regardless of what it was, it's still your whole life has been thinking about you, how things affect you, how people see you, how people have treated you, um, things that you want to do, things you don't want to do, things you've been forced to do if you grew up in a lifestyle of bondage. But whatever it's been, I trust me, nobody has been able to beat out of you the thought of being you. Even if they've tried to change you or told you that you're something other than, there's still something there that God can reach. And what we've got to do, what we, what we get to do, because it's not legalistic. What we get to do is do what the Bible says, um, forgetting those things which are behind us. We can press on. We get to be washed. We get to be purified. We get to change. We get to move out of bondage. We get to stop being blind. We get to give up being poor or poverty stricken. We get to cease and desist from walking and living in fear. We get the opportunity by the spirit of God to be free. If you're bound to something, the spirit of the Lord has already come and made you free. And you get to change the way you think about yourself, about God, about others. You have the freedom to do that, regardless of what anybody else wants to tell you. You don't have to walk in fear. You don't have to walk in sickness. You don't have to walk in poverty. You don't have to walk this lonely road all by yourself. You don't have to do any, you don't have to do what the devil says. And you don't have to live the life the world says you have to live. Because God does not say it. You are a spirit. You are not. Your emotions, you're not your sins either. You're not your past. You're not even the reputation that people give you. You're something else entirely. 
You're part of something bigger than you. And if you would just be willing to quit being so freaking concerned. I said freaking. <laughs> so huh, dramatically concerned <laughs> with everything about you that is nothing really. Your feelings, your emotions, your this, your that, your likes, your dislikes, la 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 and get to be the person that he wrote about that we'll talk about next time. Thank you for being a part of this tonight. Thank you um for the those that are when you watch uh from Astounding Love of Global Church Fellowship and you know what to do because we receive the tithes and offerings for Wednesday night. So you all feel free to do that. Uh, if you are watching this sometime during this weekend and you would like to come and visit a church and you're in the San Jose Bay Area or somewhere within a 45, no, I say a 75 mile radius because we drive about under almost 75 miles to get here ourselves, then please come to 1914 Trade Zone Boulevard in San Jose, California, where our zip code is 95131. On Tuesdays and Wednesdays, you can come in to the entrance at Trade Zone and Ringwood. And on Sundays, you come in on the Trade Zone side, which is at the uh, front part of the building or side of the building, depending on where you come from. Our phone number is 408-945-4439. Feel free to call us and ask questions or for prayer. We're gonna pray tonight, but we're gonna do it off screen, but we're praying, we've already prayed, but we, we've released healing. We prayed for our apostle as she travels and for all the other uh, fivefold ministers as they gather together for the love and unity taking place in Texas. We're praying for all of our friends. We pray for those that think of themselves as our enemies. We pray for the people that love us, love us, love us. And we pray for people that are going to learn how to love us. Uh, we pray for one another. Yes. And um, we choose to submit to this word. I'm very serious about this. Prayerfully, no doubt about it. You got something out of this or you wouldn't still be hanging out listening to this. So thank you so much for joining us. See you Wednesday, uh, Sunday at 1045 for Biblical Solutions for Life. I am Pastor Lindsay Lee of Astounding Love, a Global Church Fellowship. And this has been a kingdom conversation, which we pray that you have enjoyed. Good night and good night. <laughs>